Today's scripture reading brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 7. This chapter begins with things kind of settling down for David. He's been planted firmly on the throne there in Jerusalem. They have taken the city from the Jebusites. They have brought the ark of God up into the city. And now we see what is on David's heart. God has given him rest, and so David's not worried about the Philistines. He's not worried about Saul. So where's his mind? His mind is on God and the things of God. His mind is on, he looks around at his own place, and he sees that he's got a nice house, and his mind goes to his God and the ark of God, the throne of God, and he says, man, and that's dwelling in curtains. This doesn't make sense, so he calls Nathan. And he explains the situation Nathan. He says, man, I have a house of cedars and, and the ark of God is sitting in, in curtains. And, and Nathan says, do what's in, go, uh, do all that is in thine heart for the Lord is with thee. There, verse number three. Then that night, the Lord speaks unto Nathan. So I have this chapter, before I get any further, divided into three sections. The first is verses one through three. And I have that title, David desires to build God and house. And we've already discussed that, other than to say this, and that is, David's heart was, what can I do for God? What can I do for God? Let me ask you this, where's your heart today? When you have quiet moments of meditation, is it your thought process, what can I do for God? Because a man after God's own heart, such as David, that's where he was. And if that's not where we are, maybe we should examine why that is. Because David had this moment of meditation and that's where his heart was. Verses 4 through 17, I have that titled God's Response, but then in brackets, the Davidic Covenant. Because in these verses, we have the covenant that God makes unto David. And I want to just kind of break it down by verse. And we see that uh, Nathan tells David, he says, go do what's in thine heart. God's with thee. And then God speaks unto Nathan that night. And he says, listen, Nathan, this is, this is actually what I want you to tell David. And as we go down through here, we see in verses six and seven, essentially, I'm going to kind of give you the, the McGraw version of it. You would say, God essentially says, I have never had an house and I've never asked for one. Over all the time that I've been, you know, I told God to build me the, the tabernacle, which was in curtains, and I was pleased to dwell there. Verses 8, he says this. He says, I promoted you. He, he says it's really amazing. He, as, as God is recalling to David, he's saying, look where you were and look where I brought you. Christian, let me just tell you this. Look where you were and look where he's brought you. He said unto David, um... And I love the way he says, my servant, David. God is recognizing him as his servant. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. He says, I promoted you in verse number eight. He says in verse number nine, I was with you, I fought for you, and I have exalted you. Verse number 10, he says, I will plant my people. 
Now he's, he's talking about what he's done for David, what he will do for David. And now he goes unto the people, and I will plant my people. Verse number nine there. I was with thee soever, whithersoever thou winnest. I have cut off thine enemies. Excuse me, verse number 10. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. Uh, verses 11, the latter part of verse number 11, he says, I will establish thy house. Look there. He says, and the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. Now, isn't this amazing? This all began because David wanted to build a house for the Lord. And God's saying, no, I'm going to build you a house. I love that turn of events right there. It's really amazing to me that David had this heart to do for God, but man, you can't outgive God. God says, no, this is what I want to do for you, and he's going to build David a house. He's not talking about four walls. Man, he's talking about a dynasty. He's talking about uh, his prodigy from there on. He says, I'm going to build you a house. You see that beginning there in verse number 11, and he continues on the thought there. He says in verse number 12, he says, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And so he's telling David, he's, he's given him this great promise, I'm going to build you a house. He said, but you're not going to build me one. He is. You continue on. If you read down through him, he says in verses 14, 15, he's going to show him grace. He's going to show him mercy. Verse 16, uh, his house and kingdom shall be established forever. Now, what you see in the Davidic covenant is physical promises and spiritual promises in that you have uh, much of this when he's talking about his throne being established forever. He's not talking about Solomon. He's talking about Christ because Jesus is coming from the Davidic line. Now, if you were to go all the way back, you know, God promised um, to make Abraham a people. And then he promised Israel that he's going to have a, uh, uh, set up a kingdom. Then he promised Judah or promised that the king would come out of the line of Judah. Now he's saying that it's not just coming from Judah, it's coming from your line, David. So it's narrowing it down as, as it moves forward. You see, this is the Davidic kingdom in which is spoken of. And then he says uh, in verse number 17, uh, Nathan went and told David just as God had told him. Nathan was faithful to pass the word along. And that's exactly what preachers need to do, be faithful to pass the word along unto the people. The last section of this is verses 18 through 29, and I have that title, David Prays with Thanksgiving. Even though David is has to be experiencing some type of disappointment because of what he wanted to do, um, he's praying and he's giving thanksgiving unto God. Uh, I want to take special note uh, of verse number 23, and that is, in, in David's prayer, he says, and what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and terrible for the land before thy people. And in verse number 23, I just thought about the church. I know I'm not trying to replace the church for 
you know, Israel. But what I am saying is this, when God has established a people such as he has established the church, why did he do it? To make him a name, not he wasn't trying to make David a name, but David's people and David's purpose was to make God a name, that God may be known amongst the earth and amongst the heathen, and to do for you great things. We should be doing for God great things. And I just like that simile there between the purpose of God's people, Israel, and the purpose of God's people, the church. Now, one lesson that I want you to get from this we see that throughout there. Uh, David continues on. He says, let it be done as thy said. And he prays that it'll be done as he has said. Even though it wasn't what David was, it's almost uh, like an image of Christ, yet not my will but thine be done. Uh, that's, that, that's the spirit in which David prays the remainder of this chapter. Now, one thing that I want you to get from this is that sometimes we might purpose to do a thing. We might wish to do a thing, and it may be a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing in the sight of the Lord. And whatever it is, if God says, you know, if you say, man, God, I want to do this, and God says, no, I want you to do this, then we need to have the attitude just like David and say, uh, you know, not my will, but thine be done. I have thought, I, I, I told a couple people before that maybe one day God will let me just go around and preach and sing at churches and I won't have to have any responsibility, won't have to worry about anything other than going to preach and sing. That would be a good thing, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with people and evangelists that go and preach and sing. There's nothing wrong with that. But God has not given me liberty to do that. God has placed me as a pastor and has given me a pastor's heart. And um, it's my desire to, you know, to help people to grow in the things of God. And instead of wishing for the easy route, because in my mind, of course, that would be an easy thing to do, then I need to be as David and say, not my will, but thine be done. And pray and thank God for the call on my life. So I don't know. Uh, I hope this has helped you in some way. Um, and uh, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.